Welcome to my podcast, What the Fuck Spirit. If you made it past that name, this is going to be the podcast for you. This is going to be a no holds barred, no bullshit, open and honest conversation with Maria Leggett, and that's me, about all things spiritual. It's time to begin talking in an open and honest way about what spirituality is and what it is not. We're going to discuss all things woo-woo, witchcraft, spiritual, queer spirituality, medium versus psychic, energy healing, light work, shadow work, and any other bullshit that people want you to believe because it keeps them comfortable. It is time for you to grow. Let's go. Hello, everybody. I am so flipping excited. I cannot wait. I am here with one of my most favorite people in the whole wide world. We have Lady Rhea, who is the Witch Queen of New York, and she is literally an amazing human being, and I am just so thrilled to have her in my life, to know her, to love her, and to be able to share her amazing wisdom with all of you. Um, So before we bring Rhea on, I want to talk for a second about what we have going on here. So if you want to listen to this at any other time, you can come on to the podcast. You can go to whatthefuckspirit.com. You can go to wtfspirit.com, or you can actually spell it out. I own both domains. It's all good. And you can listen to any prior podcasts or any ones that are coming up. Um, After this episode, I'm going to, we'll have a guest speaker every two weeks, and I'm going to start filling in with my stuff in between. So you'll be able to access this now every single week. So I am super excited to have Rhea on, and I'm going to check and peek. Rhea, are you ready? All right. Here we go. I love you. I I love you you so bad. I, I, you know, I can't wait to be able to come back out to um, visit you and Tyler and the family again. And she... First of all, I don't know if you've ever shown it, but she has the most magnificent Stonehenge built from wood <laughs> from her property by the most fabulous Tyler. It, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And um, I had uh, the greatest time when I visited Shelly. She was uh, a fabulous hostess to both Alexander Cabot and myself. We stayed at her house. They, I had, I live in New York City. I had fresh eggs from chickens. I loved it. Remember? And I, uh, every morning there I was outside playing with the chickens. I'm a, yeah. a major animal lover. And um, first I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And I'm thrilled to be here. And uh, one of the reasons why I'm not traveling, uh, a few people have asked me seriously. And I'm like, yes. I have a little dog, and uh, during COVID, um, I was walking him around February 2021, and I noticed he was five, and he was banging into things. And so I went home, and I said to my wife, Sandra, this dog is blind. And she said, no way. So she put her hand up like this to him. He didn't blink. And she said, oh, my God. So we took him to the vet, and it turned out he had degenerative retina. So he has the eyes of a 15, 16-year-old dog. So he became extremely uh, attached to me, more so than ever. I couldn't um, do anything. 
I couldn't do a Zoom. I had to take him with me. One night I'm doing the Zoom and uh, I'm sitting there with my long cigarette, my little dog on my lap and my white hair. And someone says to me, you know, mommy, you look like a mob wife. And I said, excuse me, what? Because I have a Bronx accent. I look like a mob wife. They said, no, no, it's the cigarette and the little dog and the hair. I said, oh, okay. I didn't know there was such a show. I never watched these things. I live it, you know, I live in this type of uh, neighborhood. Anyway, so uh, I got another dog for him, a female. Uh, I was looking for a little dog. I ended up with a 36 pound Frenchie we adopted, don't ask. Um, she was being overbred, rescued, and we, we have her, and we absolutely adore her. And uh, the problem is, is that I can't travel because he's still uh, very attached. If I'm not home by 10, he starts crying. I don't know how he knows time. Aw, uh, hottie. Yeah, so I, I can't, they have short lives. I, I can't break his heart by, mm -hmm. oh, I'm disappearing for four days. You know, he'll be a basket case. And, I wouldn't leave my wife with that responsibility of the dog crying or trying to soothe him. And then it turns out Luna uh, has developed glaucoma in one eye. So now I have two dogs with one eye. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, I look at it this way. She was already living a blind path with him because he has to be on one level. They go from the front door to the back terrace that's it. That's their life. You know, the living room, dining room, the kitchen, the terrace. So um, she still can see out of one eye. But again, it's uh, it's it, it's something you either you're going to make the choice to um, do the sacrifice mm -hmm. for whatever years they have. I'm a major animal lover. Um, I feed stray cats, birds, squirrels. You feed uh, everything. Mm -hmm. I go outside and say, Mother Nature is here. <laughs> I was feeding raccoons in the beginning. And then one night my neighbor was passing by my house and he calls me up and he says, what are you doing? I said, I'm in bed. What are you doing? He said, no, I mean, what are you doing in your backyard? Because he knows me, right? And I said, why? And he said, I just saw a gang of raccoons, about nine of them, go in your backyard like they own the place. <laughs> he said, Rhea, you can't do that because they will find a way to burrow in your home. They'll think that this is where they should nest. And then it costs thousands to get them out and possibly injure, injure them, which I would never do. Then I looked up about raccoons, and one of the first things they said was, do not feed them cat food. It gives them gout. Oh. Because it makes, it, it, it's too many calories. They need to really forage. And, you know, like New York City is full of trash pandas. But where I live, I live um, a half a block away from Pelham Bay Park, which is over 2,000 acres of wildwood. Mm -hmm. So we have wild turkeys pheasants, all kinds of birds, hawks, rabbits, fox, deer, raccoons. So I mean, like there's there's no avoiding uh, wildlife here. And, and they usually stay to themselves, except of course for the raccoons. Right. Um, so I had to stop doing that. I cried when I saw their little hands at night looking for food and I couldn't put it out anymore. Aww. So then the other people in the neighborhood that feed cats, 
because I'm new here. I'm only here three years. They said to me, okay, this is what you do. A certain hour you set that you're going to put out food for the night for the cats. They know to come and eat. And they said, don't, don't put out anything else at night. So it's hard. I, I, I still, um, 10 o'clock at night, I sneak out and I call my cat, one of my cats, Tata. I say, Tata. And she comes running and I give her treats. Just enough for her or whoever comes along. But uh, yeah, I love feeding the animals. And um, I know, you know, people want to know about spirituality. And um, that's one of my spiritual. Um, I also have birds. You can hear them in the background. <laughs> and I have uh, two dogs, a cat, cats outside, birds outside, birds inside. Uh but one of the things about spirituality is uh, regard for nature. You know, yeah. we live, I live in a city. So, you know, naturally, um, one day I said to this friend of mine who comes from St. Mary's, Ohio, uh, I said to him, well, you know, I live in a rural area. He busted out laughing. He said, girl, <laughs> you have no idea what rural means. And I said, well, if, to me, and I told you this when I visited. If I step outside and there's no street lights, I'm going home. Yes. I'm, how am I going to sleep? You know, growing up where I grew up in the Bronx, I lived off the um, the number two train, which is an elevated train. And so for many years, I heard the train going by, train going by. And so when I moved to Forest Hills in Queens, it was an underground subway. In the first couple of weeks, I said. How am I going to sleep? I don't hear the train. It's what you become accustomed to. Yeah. But there is a difference between the city witch and the country witch. That's like that old story about the city mouse and the country mouse. Yeah. We both like visiting, but what we're used to is what we do. And I feel in the city, we need a lot of compassion here because we have a major amount of people. I mean, we're, like, you know, I'm fortunate, but most most of the Bronx and Manhattan is uh, apartment buildings and we're living on top of each other. Um, New York City, because it was a financial mecca, became uh, developed apartment buildings. I mean, like, part of the Bronx that you can't visit now much, um, the Grand Concourse, apartment buildings so lavish that they have vaulted ceilings two doors one for you and one for the servants um mm. uh, uh drop drop living rooms you know beautiful sunken living rooms and they're very old they're pre-war um so you know it's, it's the way it is it's new york baby and we love it here yeah. You know, I'm a New Yorker. I'll always be a New Yorker. I'm never leaving. Well, Tyler uh, and I talk about it all the time about how there are times that we really miss the city and you miss it for the food, the exposure. I don't miss the traffic. I don't <laughs> miss, you know, people being mad all the time. I don't miss any of that. But I do really miss, you know, the there's a Starbucks on every corner. There's everything you could ever get, right? Every oh, type yes. of food known to man. Even here, residential area, one yeah. strip has four delis to service this little residential oh. area because where I live in Country Club, the only way to get to the major street, like the train or the shopping, 
is a bus. Oh, okay. Or you got to walk across the park. So, or drive. And I, I, fortunately for the world, I don't drive. I did learn how. It took me, my first time I started learning how to drive, I was 50. It took me seven years to get a license, two permits. And then when I would get on the Bronx from a parkway to go up into Westchester, 60 miles an hour, I'm in the right lane. I'm shaking because I'm terrified. And all these cars are passing me in the right lane, slow lane, giving me the finger. Yeah. I, I couldn't. So it, it was too much for me. I had a, I, I stopped. Um, by 61, I was finished. I, I can't I don't blame it. you. But um, I'm very good at pressing Uber. I love that. I love that. We have a way to get around. Uber, boom. Uber loves me. They're, they're attached to my bank account and my wallet. I, mean, I love that. The money it costs to Uber around is very expensive because um, it can change from one moment to the next. Oops, it's raining. We just went up $10. And I'm like, seriously? I got to call them before it rains. And be like, New Yorkers, we know when to tap it. Go early. It's going to rain. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, so mama, I want you to, I want you to tell us about you. Um, I mean, for somebody who doesn't know you has never met you, how oh, would you, God. how would you describe yourself? Like there's <laughs> so much that you do and so much, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I'm very, I'm very grateful first. I have to say very grateful from the bottom of my heart, 10 million times over countless, eternally grateful for my teachers here in New York City. Um, I entered this world in 1972 and I never left. Um, back in 70, 71, Stuart Farrar came out with a book, What Witches Do, and it was very accurate. And uh, I, I looked at it and I said, whoa, you know? And uh, I decided I wanted a crystal ball. So uh, it was our um, anniversary, my first husband and I, and I knew there was an ad in the Village Voice for a place called the, the Warlock Shop. And so I called him up and I said, do you carry crystal balls? And he said, yes, I do. You know, he said, uh, I'm here in Brooklyn Heights. I'm all the way up in the Bronx. So I said to him, well, is it a safe neighborhood? He said, yeah, it's a safe neighborhood. I mean, you got to ask before you go traveling somewhere else in New York City, because we're made up of five boroughs. You know, yeah, like, people don't realize one place could be perfectly fine. And three minutes later. Yeah. So it's, he said, it's fine. I get down there, first of all, and still there up the block is a huge kingdom hall for the Jehovah Witnesses. <laughs> And down the block is Herman. I entered the store and it looked like a, a witchcraft shop out of a grade B movie. It was packed with herb jars and books and dust and cobwebs. And he had a string of metal talismans over the register. And when he would come in, he would duck his head underneath and say, can I help you? Oh, that's awesome. Herman was quite a character. He had a pay phone in the store. That was his phone. And just and to clarify for everybody, she's talking about Herman Slater. 
Yes, of course, I'm sorry. Um, the first, one of the first, uh, it is, I think, believe it is the first, um, except that the Warlock Shop and the Green Man in California opened up the same time. So they were the first occult stores that actually weren't botanicas, but were supplying books on witchcraft, which was still like very new. Um, and it, it was still a very underground religion. So when I went in there to buy the crystal ball, uh, I purchased it and uh, as, while we're there, I hear my future teacher in the back saying, Herman, what are you doing? And I hear cloth ripping and he comes out and he says, don't worry, I have a cloth for the crystal ball. And I said to myself, okay, he just ripped the cloth off uh, in the back. And I said, do you carry stands? Because it's a ball. He stops. He thinks. I'll be right back. He goes in the back. He ran upstairs. You know the rubber discs you put under the furniture? <laughs> he slipped it out from underneath the couch, came running back down and said, here's a stand that comes with the ball. Meanwhile, I found out later, and he says to me, and the couch was like. <laughs> and that was Eddie, right? That was Eddie telling me later on. Yes, that is Eddie Bazinski, Lord Gwydion, um, the creator of the New York Wicca. Yeah. Um, Co-creator of the New York, uh, of the Minoan tradition. He did the Minoan Brotherhood. He wrote part of the Minoan Sisterhood. Um, and then Carol and I, Carol Bozone and I, um, finished the rest of the Book of Shadows for the Minoan Sisterhood. And he also did the Welsh tradition. So he today, um, the sons and daughters of Lord Gwydion, New York Wicca, and all of his four traditions are worldwide. Um, after uh, 50 years, uh, I've been in the craft 50 years. That is it's amazing been, to me. That's almost as long as I've been alive, Mama. It's been a beautiful journey. I'm still on it. I'm still active. Uh, I am semi-retired. Like I, I, uh, unless it's really someone that I'm very, very close to, I don't do initiations anymore. It's a lot of work, and you know, I have a beautiful um, lady uh, partner, Lori Bizarro, at the Temple of Hecate mm. of New York City is also the presiding high priestess of the New York Coven of Witches. And uh, I have Alexander Cabot, who I brought in in 95, um, is also now a Cabot. So we like to float, you know, um, especially New York Wicca. Eddie was um, a devout historian. He was always reading history about magic and a brilliant young man. He eventually went to Bryn Mawr for his um, master's degree in anthropology before he passed. Um, he died young. Don't ask me the year, I forget. I think it was 89 uh, he passed. Um, uh, I, I like to just think of him as, as he was. You know, I don't like to think about his day of death. You know, I, I, I always I never ask too. that because I know that about you. Yeah, and he, I, and you know, I'll always see it up coming up on Facebook, you know, the memorial and go, oh, I missed it again. Because 
I have such beautiful, um, deep memories and gratitude to both him and Herman. So Eddie taught me magic, witchcraft, circle, and Herman too. I was all, we were all in circle together. But Herman taught me the business of owning um, occult stores. So I was basically raised in occult stores my entire career because from the Warlock shop, he opened the Magical Child on 19th Street where I worked there. In 82, Carol and I left and opened up Enchantments on East 9th Street where I remained until 87. Uh, and from there, I either worked in an occult store, read in an occult store, uh, many different ones. I have a really, I'm a gypsy boy, oh goddess. My wife said to me one day, I'm going to nail your sandals to the ground because you're always traveling. One you won't know what to another. do if she does. <laughs> one shop to another. You know, I worked in New Jersey at Spellbound. I worked for uh, original products. I I also rented out of original products for 11 years. I had a counter there. They're on Webster and Fordham. Huge Botanica. Um, I worked for, oh God, uh, Madame D's Curio Shop. I mean, all over the place. Light and Dark Botanica up in Yonkers. Opened a Botanica called Empress in um, 86. It's been a journey. So anyway, um, I also discovered at some stage in life uh, early in the 70s, Buddhism. And I consider myself a Wicca boo, which is a Wicca practicing Buddhist. Um, because Buddhism is not a religion, it's a practice, it's a way of life. Uh, although it is highly spiritual. And then, um, John Reynolds, my llama, and John Merton Reynolds, M-Y-R-D-D-I-N, Reynolds, R-E-Y-N-O-L-D-S. You can YouTube him. He's an amazing, amazing scholar, llama, teacher, brethren. He's also in the New York Wiki. He's a third degree. Uh, and dear heart friend of mine. And back in the 80s, uh, he gave me refuge with the Buddha and he gave my daughter refuge with the Buddha when she was seven and Sandra, we all took refuge with the Buddha. Um, and he's an amazing teacher, but he, he at that time in the eighties, when we opened the enchantments, he said to me, I'm going to plant these jewels in your hand. A jewel in Buddhism is a practice that evokes works. And so he gave me ritual to Lakshmi, the 21 Taras, Ganesha, Durga, and I believe I have Shiva also. Uh, and so I've been doing these practices since 1982. Uh, in the backyard of enchantments, we had um, a Lakshmi ritual at least, you know, one, every other week. And we would advertise it in the store and we had like 50 people in the backyard and we were all chanting, Om Kamala Vasini, Kamala Maha Lakshmi Rajame, De De Varade Swaha, Om Kamala Vasini, 
Kamale Maha Lakshmi Raja May Day Day Varade Swaha. And all the buildings would lean out the window and scream, Shut up! That's so New York. Because you got 50 of us chanting. And the reason was when we opened enchantments, we opened it up on a dime, literally. Uh, so Jeffrey Whitfield, who was in the Minoan Brotherhood, had said to us, you know, I know this goddess, um, Buddha, named Lakshmi. And so he drew the symbol of the Shreem on a little green piece of paper with a green marker. So we had the green. We literally placed it on a two by four because we had some left over from fixing up the shop. Placed it up against the window and he taught us this chant. Also, when we built enchantments, we buried tarot cards in the wall. Because oh. it had to be gutted. So while it was gutted, we put all kinds of magic in the wall and the floorboards. That yeah. is awesome. I love that. And the immigrants who later on um, took it over in 2008 because the owner that bought it from Carol moved down the block. Anyway. He's, he's friends of mine, and uh, I, go to, I go to visit him when I first found out about him. And I said, hi, I'm Lady Rhea. And he said, oh, I know who you are. He said, because people come in here talking about you all the time. And so I said, you see that beautiful brick wall you have? He says, yeah, I love it. I said, we exposed it ourselves. Because when we were cleaning out the store, we everything, the plaster was so old it had to be just cracked off. And when we cracked it off, we found a brick wall. And uh, Tara's father uh, said, the only way to clean brick is with another brick. So he had a bunch of us scrubbing the brick because it was all black right. from smoke. Because this, this building has horse and carriage stalls in the basement. Wow. Okay, it's very old. They had a potbelly stove in there at one time for many years. It had a fireplace. It still does. We exposed that. They're all, but they don't work. Um, so all the bricks were black. So when I looked at that wall, I said to him, I scrubbed that wall. <laughs> it's my wall. <laughs> he laughs. He said, Lady Ray, your wall. So I said to him, you know, can I have... Um, a Sunday afternoon in here and can we have like, you know, little coven meetups. Jason, what a doll you are, owner of the immigrant 341 East 9th Street. If you're ever in New York, don't miss that place. It's fabulous. He's a fabulous host. It's a beautiful wine bar. They'll have a little outside cafe all covered too because we allowed that in New York City during COVID. Uh, so they allowed them to stay, those that made it. And uh, we go there uh, at least, you know, every other month and during the Sabbath and New York Covenant of Witches and the Temple of Hecate and the Minoan Sisterhood, Brotherhood uh, and Welsh and other friends of the craft that are close to us for many years. And we have our Sabbaths there and it's nice to keep celebrating the magic. But you know what he said to me? He says, you know, I don't know if it was you ladies or the one after, he says, but when I started refurbishing this place, because he, he cleaned it, took it apart, he said, I found tarot cards. 
I just said, they were still there. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Um, and that. now the the magical child is now a restaurant called Vinyl. And that's at 35 West 19th Street. So if you visit there, you could still feel the vibe of the child. And uh, the child, I have to tell you, was really, truly an occult emporium. Herman was a businessman. Herman carries everything from, you know, uh, Sybil Leak books to Buddhist books, astrology, the Satanic Bible, bones, skulls, skeletons, bats in jars of formaldehyde, scorpions, jewelry, gods, goddesses, Hindu, menorahs. He was amazing. There will never, I tell you, it was a once in a lifetime. Um, Thing that happens I think like in the universe certain windows are very wide open right. and this shines through and then as astrologically things move they close because nothing remains the same everything must change yes. you know and that that's one of the gifts that I receive from Buddhism is accepting change um, I received the gift of learning forgiveness um, and oh, that, 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 that's beautiful for your life. Um, when I learned true forgiveness, uh, I learned, I don't have to carry the pain of the poison that someone placed inside of me. When someone harms you directly or indirectly, you keep it. The more you keep it, the more it keeps harming you. It's a vicious cycle of what they call samsara, endless sorrow. Yeah. So at this stage in life, when someone aggravates me now, talking presently, recently, I, I decided to forgive them before they do it. It's easy. They're going to they're gonna make me mad. Yeah. Okay. I'm human. Um, you know, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Absolutely. So I've now prepared myself to say, okay, you have a moment to get mad, done. Goodbye, it's over. Now you can decide whether you want to continue a relationship with this person, put it on hold for a while, or end it completely. And to say end it completely, I say that takes a lifetime because we never know. Agreed, agreed. So I just either forgive and forget and keep moving, you know? Yeah. It's one of the things that I have to explain to my clients. You can't hold, you can't hold on to all that anger. Cause first of all, you're giving them free headspace. Uh, and they ain't paying rent out. Exactly. If you're not paying rent, get out. And it, it actually holds you back from healing and moving forward. You can't make any progress as long as you're mad. I have, I know someone who tells me all the time that uh, they want justice. Clients tell me, I want justice. I want karma. And I'm like, if you want justice and karma, then you have to leave it up to justice and karma. It's yeah. not your call. Nope. How it comes back, how it comes down. And what your call is, is to avoid having those things 
not your desires to wish karma or justice on others, but even having karma and justice come and knock on your door because you're not looking at what you're doing. Correct. We all make mistakes. We all trespass against one another at some point. Agreed completely. It's human experience. Yeah. And we need to learn to become aware of that. Um, try not to do it. In Buddhism, I learned, be mindful of your words. In the craft, I learned, whatever you do comes back three times. So yeah. that's why I like Wicca and Buddhism because they kind of correspond. And if everybody out there thinks that Buddhism is all about, you know, mm, it's not. It is a, there are magical orders in Buddhism. The practices of Tara are a magical order. The practices of Ganesha are a magical order because Ganesha and Lakshmi not only considered gods and goddesses, but in Buddhism, they're considered Buddhas. Uh, yeah. I went to a temple in Manhattan right before 9-11 called the Diamond Mind in Chinatown. It was a Chinese Buddhist temple. And they were very, uh, at first, a little leery, like, what are these white people doing in here, you know? And we explained we're practicing Buddhists. And then uh, this wonderful man in there said to me, okay, when you do prostration, you're bowing to the jewel in the lotus. He said, you lay down flat with your palms up on the floor. He said, and that represents open to receive. Mm -hmm. So you pick up little gems when you when you um, you, you listen to teachers. You know what I'm saying? Yes, and that was a gem because in that, when I taught you how to count for doing mantra for Lakshmi, and realizing in my book, not everyone's going to have mala beads, right? So I thought about that lesson that he taught me that day. And I said, okay, open to receive. So I advise people, if you want to do a mantra of 108 times, 1,008 times, 10,008 times, you can do mantra a lot of times. You get a bowl, two. One, you place 108 pennies, 108 beans, 108 coins, 108 rocks. I don't care. It's 108. And the other's empty. The empty bowl is you to receive. Each time you say, Om Kamala Vasini, Kamala Maha, Lakshmi Raja May, De De Varade Swaha, you take one penny from the bowl and drop it into the empty one that represents you receiving. So she's showering you with wealth and success. Uh, I love that. That's a good, that's a really good and easy and cheap replacement for buying a really, cause you can get really expensive malas, cheap oh. malas. Yeah. The, the, the seed ones even now have become 20, $30 a strand. Um, little brown crinkly, um, yeah. beads or seeds, um, wooden carved beads. They're, they're, they're all, and the crystal ones, she, you know, you're looking at money. Um, but you know you can do 108 pennies yeah it represents cash flow flowing in it's also copper good conductor good energy conductor and you keep them and you keep the more you do it the more energy is poured into the pennies yeah the more it starts to grow you know 
So I also practice um, a tradition called Bunpo, which is the indigenous religion of Tibet. It is 18,000 years old in its practice, it is not changed in 18,000 years. And if you look it up on YouTube, you might find some of their magnificent videos. It's called B-O-N-P, as in Peter, oh, Bunpo, uh, the Bun. And I've I seen videos of them. They're falconers. They, they, um, in the Himalayan mountains, they, uh, they still hunt by falconry. And it's amazing to watch these young men on these giant horses, the falcon on their arm. And they're not doing it as a sport. They're doing it to eat. Right. So they are very, very in tune with nature. You know, I have um, Sicilian and, and Nabi gone. And my Sicilian grandmother uh, told my mother when I was born, uh, if you take the baby away from the breast, it becomes an animal. My mother's like, is she crazy? <laughs> what she was saying, my mother realized years later when she was telling me the story was, we need to be nurtured, held, loved. Physical touch is very important. Yeah. And so those that live amongst nature, as you know now yourself, you've experienced mm -hmm. both city life and nature life. It's different. Okay. So those of us that are city dwellers need to be very, very aware of nature around us and spirits are in nature. The Bonpos say that these storms, these storms we're having, are that the Nagas are angry and they're stirring up all these storms. Mm -hmm. And during um, Hurricane Sandy, which I, I, I lived through, was really bad. Um, during Hurricane Sandy, he called me up and he said, write this down. So there I am patiently writing down, okay, uh, Rinpoche, next letter, because he says O, M, and then D, Z, U, then H, A, N, G, H, U, N, G, you know, these spelling these Tibetan words. And so it was a mantra to Red Garuda to protect us from the storm. Okay. And it worked. Uh, we lived. We rented an apartment, a two-family house, in an attached house, and uh, the the street very old, and the giant trees outside the house. One of them got uprooted, and about ten o'clock at night, the house shook. Boom, 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 boom. And I said, "Great, we're having an earthquake in the middle of this. We're all gonna die." <laughs> And then it stopped. The tree fell on the attached house next to us and went right through his ceiling. It would have gone wow. right through us because they weren't home, thank goddess. But we were. So they have practices. I've seen these men 
I said to them once, I said, you know, uh, Rinpoche, I said, you know, the common saying out here is that you're, you're, you're really shamans. And he looked at me and he said, no, we're magicians. Mm, I love that. And they are magicians. I love that. There's a lot of magic in Buddhism that you can learn, you can practice. And I, throughout, throughout COVID, I did a FaceTime on Facebook. Facebook, not FaceTime. Oh, these things, they make me crazy. Uh, for Tara every Thursday night. And one of the lines in the 21 Taras, because there are 21 aspects of her, number 19 is to remove all diseases without exception. And I, so I did this 21 mantra to Tara every night, every Thursday night. Well, I, I do it every night, but anyway, I did it every Thursday night live for the public, for the people. And how I learned about magic and how it works is that every drop in the bucket counts when mm -hmm. we're doing worldwide work. Um, Shelly, this is beautiful. And of course, I'm not surprised that you do these free podcasts uh, and that you're sharing what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say it. You did. Okay, uh, I say Oh, come on, spirit. Bring Rhea's connection back. Am I back? Yes, you are. See, that's what happened. You just said how you hated technology, and spirit's like, we'll show you. Okay. Someone had to call me, and of course... Uh, notifications didn't work so now i'm trying to get back in I got should i leave and come back on no you're on we can hear you we can see you it's you all can good hear me yeah i can't hear you you can't hear me at all <sighs> all right hang on is that better i'm in the show but I can't hear you. If you want to hop out, you can hop out and come back in. I'm going to leave and come back in. Okie doke. This is the beauty of doing stuff live, right? We have these amazing moments. We're in this great conversation and then technology goes, hey, let's not work right. Never mind the fact that Rhea absolutely can't stand technology. It drives her nuts. <laughs> So I'm not surprised that something like this happened, but I am, I'm so thrilled that she's on here and she'll hop back in here. Oh, here she comes already. Is it working? I can hear you. I can hear you too. Yay! Of course, they got a call. I told you. I fingers, they, ah! <laughs> it's okay. It's all good. We're back. I apologize everyone for the interruption. Oh, it's fine, mama. Go ahead. So you were talking about the terrors and doing the things on Thursday nights during COVID. Right. And, I was saying, it's like, right now I'm asking everybody that that's listening. I don't care how you communicate it. 
but stop praying for this world to come into a harmonious state. I don't, if you're talking to Hecate, Santa Muerte, Aradia, Kernanos, the Green Man, Zeus, Buddhas, God, stop putting, if you're a Christian, pray. Stop putting it out there because I, 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 Aesop's fable, I, I love Aesop's fables. He talks about the pitcher and the crow. There's a drop of water in the bottom of the pitcher and the crow is smart enough to know that if he leans into it, he won't be able to get out. So he takes a pebble and drops it in and he drops pebbles in until the water raises to the top and then he drinks. That's my point. Every drop counts. Absolutely. So, I agree with that. You know, the, the earth is a brilliant, the earth is small. The earth is actually a, a, a living being. Yes. It's so living and so massive that our small minds cannot figure it out. One of the things that they that I learned in Santeria, which I've also um, has always been friends with um, practitioners of Santo, living in New York here, it's very popular. Um, but one of the things that they um, they taught me was you can't fit the ocean inside your head. Mm. So if we can't fit the ocean inside our head, no matter how small the world has become through global communication, we can't fit the magnitude of the brilliance of the earth and that it is actually a living being. Why we pray to great mother or call it mother nature uh, is responding to all the fracking, drilling, uh, ripping out the nutrients of oil. These things are needed inside the earth to make it continue. So where we we became more and more advanced with this, with that, with this, with that. We're actually, the earth is responding back. It is. It's bitching at us and saying enough. I've had it with you. Right. So she's trying to shake us off, you know. And then people want to get mad and freak out that we're having tornadoes and hurricanes and volcanoes erupt and storms there's only so much that you can screw around with Gaia before she goes, you know what? I've had it with all of you. Here you go. Thank you. And you know, vice president Gore, they laughed at him, said global warming is coming and you better do something. There's not going to be a planet left for our grandchildren. Hello. I, I, I am devastated by Turkey and Syria um, what's gone on too in Haiti is still coming up out of it. Mm-hmm. Parts of New Orleans is still trying to cl- climb out of Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. Because when I was down there, my friend Benny, who was actually Eddie's lover and partner, he, he was from New Orleans. And when Eddie passed, he went back. He said to me, Rhea, they make you look like, you know, everything down here is fixed. It ain't. He said, let me show you what's still devastated areas. Okay. So we don't have enough humanity in us to take care of each other. No, we've got a bunch of rich white men who own all the news places and they only want to show you what they give a shit about. They don't show you the devastation that the smaller families are still living with. 
that the health effects that they've got from the mold in the homes and all of those things, they don't show you that because it doesn't make them money. It makes them look bad. You know, there's an old saying, and I'm going to say it in English, but it's an Italian saying, the full stomach cannot understand the empty one. What do you mean you're hungry? I'm fine. I'm full. I'm happy. Exactly. That's the problem. And that full stomach doesn't realize that there's not going to be a planet left for them to have. No. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. Yeah. Mother who said it, the fall of kings is coming. Yeah. I mean, all of this stuff like foretold, here's what's coming. You can do something about it. Make a choice. So what is something that you would suggest that we can do? I know that you told us about the praying. And yeah. you also told us about how we can take 108 pennies. So if you don't have a mala, what is something else that we can do as her phone goes off? She's so popular. People try to call her and she's on the podcast from her phone. So when somebody tries to call in and we couldn't figure out how to put it on, do not disturb. I know how to do it from my Mac. I don't know how to do it from her phone. <laughs> so we just had a slight break. And when she comes back, she's going to talk to us about what, what small things that we can do to make this difference. And when we say pray, pray, when we say meditate, meditate, we mean that. When you get into meditation and you send your awareness someplace else and you're saying, heal the earth, help us come to one like mind, help us to enjoy humanity, help us to love each other. When you're out there in the ethers and you're paying attention, you actually can feel the essence of other human beings doing the exact same thing that you're doing. So you know that just because you're one person, you're not just a drop in the bucket. You're with other people who are creating this wave in the world and making a difference. So when you wake up in the morning, don't say, what can I do? There's nothing I can do. The truth of the matter is you absolutely can do something, but you have to say to yourself, I can do this. Don't say, I don't make a difference because you do make a difference. You can make a difference. Sit down, say a prayer. Dear God, God, goddess, mother, father, God, you know, like Rhea said, I don't care who it is that you're reaching out to. You can make a difference and then believe, I know I'm making a difference. I can do this. I am capable and allow yourself to participate in healing and helping and changing the world in a way that makes you more comfortable. Now, that doesn't mean that you put out there that I want everybody to change to my way of thinking. That's being a bully. That's being controlling. But it's help the world to be more accepting. Help the world to be more loving. Help the world to be more open to understanding the damages that are happening because of the things that we're doing to the earth. And that is okay. It's just bring awareness. And if you're sending this information out into the collective conscious, you're not trying to reach out and say, I need this one person's attitude to change. 
because that would be trying to control them and change them. And we don't know what their soul contract is and why they've agreed to come into this earth. It's entirely possible that the people you don't like in your life have agreed to come in and given you grief so that you have something that you can heal from. And I want you to think about it this way, right? Not everything is, I mean, it's bad, it's happening, but there's a reason why it's happening. Is there something for us to learn? Is there something from us to gather from being together? How do we do this? And it's banding together, finding like-minded people, sitting back and saying, woe is me, I can't do anything. That's utter bullshit. You can do something. It doesn't mean that I'm telling you that you have to like give away everything plastic that you have in your house, that you have to, you know, completely change the way you live. But there are small things that you can start to do. Grab a paper bag instead of a plastic bag. Buy reusable bags instead of a plastic bag. Small things that you can do to start changing the way that the earth behaves. I mean, one of the things that drives me absolutely nuts is that I start driving down the highway and I pay attention. I don't know if anybody else has noticed this or not, but, you know, it's spring is way too early right now because it's warm here in Ohio. And I am seeing hawks everywhere, like massive amounts of hawks. I am seeing four and five every time I go somewhere. So I'm always looking at the trees. And as I'm looking at the trees, I can see all these plastic bags. I can see squirrel nests where the plastic bags have been woven into the nest because they've just picked it up. It's not healthy for them. We're killing animals with them. My house specifically, not going to lie, we use plastic bags. Why do we use them? Because my husband is the one who does the grocery shopping and I'm not going to force him to do something that he doesn't want to do. The flip side is I reuse those plastic bags over and over and over until they basically fall apart and then I'll throw them away. But there's nothing I can do about that. All right. We have Rhea on the phone. Yes. Hello, my darling. I, I keep going in. It says I'm in backstage. I don't see you, though. Yeah, that's why I left and came back and called you. So I'm trying to reconnect. I want to kill this girl. It's all right. It'll be all right. I wrote her. I said, you're interrupting my... <laughs> right. I know. People have to learn respect. If somebody doesn't answer the phone the first time, leave it alone. They'll call you back. Oh, you're fine, Mama. I'll see you in a minute. Bye. <laughs> New York temper. Love her, though. So there are things that you can do on this earth in order to be able to change and so if you don't want to address the plastic thing, find something else. If you want to do healing, not all of us are here for the exact same purpose. And it's acknowledging that we're all here for a different purpose. What is your purpose? My purpose of being here is to bring spirituality to the masses. It's why I have this podcast. It's why I talk about all different types of spirituality. It's why we talk about different kinds of religions. Not everybody is drawn to the same thing. You heard Rhea talk about how she does Wicca, right? So she does Wicca. She's Buddhist. She practices with some people who deal with um, uh, Santeria and she deals with some of the Tibetan practices. So not everybody is here for the same purpose. 
but find something that is important to your heart. Never in a million years would I have ever said, hey, my purpose is to be here and be a medium and talk about spirituality. Absolutely not. I was in the IT world working with software. That's where I thought I belonged. I knew I was supposed to teach people. I just thought I was supposed to teach people how to use software. And it was completely different. All right, here we come. Oh, You're back, Mama. God. I'm sorry I had to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> you know, if, if, if someone doesn't answer you, a tip for everybody, the first time, they'll see the call, they'll call you back. This person keeps calling and calling and knocking me out. And I try doing whatever. Oh, please. These things are beyond me, but I, I apologize, everyone. I'm back. You're fine. You're fine. Okay. I had fun just rambling while you were off. It's all good. Okay. So before you got cut off, I was asking, what is something that you would suggest that we can do to start making a difference in the world? Aside from uh, prayer ritual, creating peace rituals. Uh, oh, creating a peace ritual. What Do you have a suggestion for an easy peace ritual? Yes, I have on um, Lady Rear Enchanted is my uh, Instagram. On there, I've been doing these live free events. That's what I was bringing up about um, the uh, immigrant. I do events there. I did one recently. Um, I do free tarot classes. And I have one on there on Lady Rear Enchanted um, called the Gods of Peace and Protection. And you just see those little arrows on the Instagram. You go down my page and you click on it and it'll say gods of peace and protection. I have gods of prosperity. I have, um, so in peace and protection, I talk about uh, different gods we can invoke for peace and protection. And uh, one of the things, uh, like I say, is like, you know, create a ritual for peace. Uh, I think it was in Jambalaya, I read where she talked about getting cotton and pulling it together like a cloud and sprinkling um, cascaria, because it's sacred to Obatala, which is in Santeria, a god of peace. Um, all the gods of peace that, you know, uh, Irene, which is the Celtic, um, is a goddess of peace. To, and also the gods of protection. So Kali is a protector. Santa Muerte is a protector. Hecate is a protector. Yes. Uh, and they can also bring peace. And Durga is a, a, to stop war. Uh, Tara is a goddess of peace and protection of harmony, of living harmonious life. And like I said earlier, it's also be mindful of your thoughts because we're all connected. So the more mindful thoughts we're putting out there, the more it begins to gravitate. Do you know, there was this book called The Return of the Goddess. It was written by a, a, a student who studied under Jung. And she talked about this experiment that they did with um, monkeys in the forest. They had to be moved, this whole tribe had to be moved from where they were uh, to where they were gonna be at the edge of the forest where it was a beach. And so they watched them for two years to see what the change would create. There was the matriarch female of the tribe, and she discovered that the fruit that fell on the floor was still edible if you washed it in the ocean. 
And so she taught it to her children. Once 38% of the tribe learned how to do it, within 24 hours, 100% knew how to do it. So when we get that 38% of the world to think about peace, and right now look at what we're facing between Russia, China, and NATO, and the rest of the world. Um, but we all knew this was coming. I mean, like, you know, uh, this is more than ever the time to think about peace. Uh, John Lennon was one of these incredibly spiritual human beings that we were given. And of course, these people have short lives. Um, wrote, all we are saying is give peace a chance. Yeah. That is gone already. There's more violence than ever. Shootings every day, every day. Children can't go to school. Colleges, uh, crazy people attacking these four kids on, on, on campus. I mean, like, it's, it, we're being driven to homeschool. We're being driven to stay home because we have computers, we have Zoom, we have COVID. So we're really being driven to take a step back and really look at what are we doing and how we utilize these new tools to create awareness, to create peace, to create consideration for others. And, you know, I just did a podcast for Claudine uh, Preto in Brazil. Uh, he has a huge uh, following. And one of the things I mentioned on there also was we were talking about the future of witchcraft, Alexander Cabot and I. And I talked about the solitary witch, which a lot of coven people disregard, you know. And there's a lot of reasons for the solitary witch. First of all, that's the wise woman in the woods that everyone mm. went and found. That's the solitary practitioner. Sometimes they're solitary because covens are too far or they don't blend their personalities. Covens are very personal. It's not like we're going into a massive church and we all sit in pews. We're yep. sitting in a circle, which means we have to have perfect love and perfect trust amongst one another. And if your spirit isn't vibing with their spirits, no judgment about it. They don't vibe. So some people become solitary practitioners. Other reasons for it are their families don't want them to be involved. They can't show that they're openly practicing or meeting with covens. We can't judge how someone's family life is or their personal life. Uh, some of them are introverts. They don't like being in crowds of people. And it's okay, you know? Uh, so my applause to the solitaries out there, always. Um, I also, if someone says I'm a witch, um, and they may not be uh, initiated, which I consider important because I am an initiated witch, and I, I have a personal book of shadows that was given to me by generation from generation. We're not all going to get that. You're a witch is what you do in your heart, not in your title. I love that. A witch is in the heart. Are you relating to the mother goddess? 
Are you relating to the old gods? Are you relating to the Jack and the Green in the forests? Are you relating to the Sky Fathers? Are you relating to the, those, the, the gods of the lower realms, of the shadows? When you're relating to these deities, you're a witch in your heart. Then you can, you're a witch. Um, spell casting is spell casting. Uh, if it's not in a religious thought or in contact with deity, it's just that. It's spell casting. And that's fine too. I teach spell casting every day, all the time. My candles are spell casting. You don't have to be a witch to make an enchanted candle. No. It's spell casting. And that's good too. Spell cast peace. Make a peace candle. Uh, you know, have a peace party. So speaking of speaking of peace candles, mm -hmm. so you have two amazing books, The Enchanted and Formulary and The Enchanted Candle, both of which can be found on Amazon. I was fortunate correct. enough to be able to help you redo one of them. I was about to talk about that. So talk about, is there something in that book that people could use to help with peace? Oh, there are peace oils, there are peace and protection oils, there are oils for gods, goddesses. And when you read about them, you see, well, this one does this, this one does that. And in the Enchanted Candle, there's um, peace and protection, there's the Tara, there's uh, Santa Muerte, there's Guardian Angel, there's Saint Michael, there's Raphael for healing, there's... Um, there's like a little healing, bit of everything in those healing books. wands, Asclepius healing. Also, healing practices are very good for that. If you're studying Reiki, you can use your Reiki for creating peace um, and put peaceful thoughts out there. And random acts of kindness yes. create peace. That, that, that to me is a, one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself is a random act of kindness, giving. Like you did for me, Shelly. When... When the enchanted formulary is, it's huge. I don't think we ever figured out exactly how many oils are in there. I don't know, but I could go grab my copy and look. Ah, I, was looking, no. I, was, I was looking to see if I had it up here, but I think it's downstairs. I have three bookshelves filled with books. And my beautiful daughter, Bella, arranged everything. And I think she put those downstairs with the with all my witchcraft books. Of course she did. She's a smart girl. I love she her. Is. Hey, Bella Mwah, from New York, we love you. Uh, and Tyler, hey, and all your grandchildren, your children, uh, your household, your pets. Oh, thank you. Thank I you, love thank them you. all. And kiss a chicken. I will, I promise. Okay. So the uh, I'll go count them, but there's, I mean, there are so many oils in there. And the amount of attention and love that you put into these books, it's one of the things that I'm so drawn to you as a person is that a there's absolutely zero judgment coming from you it doesn't matter to you if a witch is in a coven if it's out of a coven whatever it's you know because it's about what you feel in here and that's what's important and um, i mean not that everybody's gonna be able to see this in here means in your heart um and that's what you look at is you look at a person for not where they live or what they do you look at their soul you look at their energy what kind of person are you and Rhea, that's truly one of the things that I love the most about you is you don't carry judgment for any of that. No. no. And that's because I had the grace of being raised in the cult stores. 
that teaches you because I'm being in and enmeshed and washed over with people who practice Tindu, I learned. People who practice Buddhism, I learned. People who practice ceremonial magic, the OTO, I learned. People who practice uh, Santeria, Voodoo, uh, all, all of these different people would come to the child, especially, and later on enchantments, because we had what they needed. We carried what they wanted. We right. carried the best of the books. Um, if Herman didn't like a book and he purchased it and he reviewed it and he didn't like it, he put them in a certain little section called witch crap. <laughs> Don't buy it. He invested the money to tell you it's crap. That makes so much sense. And back then too, we had a lot of little voodoo pamphlets produced by Anna Riva who got us blessed them and original product products, um, publications, God has blessed them. Uh, there were a lot of pamphlet books, actually people to give out their information. People literally made Xerox copies. Does everybody know what a Xerox is? Okay. I don't even know that everybody would know that now. Obviously I do. I'm old enough. <laughs> right. There were pages that were copied by a copy machine. And then they would copy on a, a, a colored paper, the cover and the back. And it was literally um, stapled together and sold for $2. Volumes of information in some of these pamphlet books that I still use to this day that you can't get anymore. And I can't print them because it's not my work. I won't do that. Although a lot of people copy my work. And all I ask, if you're making my candles and you're selling them or sharing them, just say, designed by lady ria the art of lady ria the art of the enchanted candle i don't ask absolutely that's what i do with all the because i have and i i've made it very clear i have a lot of your labels and they're actually sitting right here oh this the labels be, this happens to be one of my favorites yeah the uncrossing it's beautiful. yeah oh it's upside down sorry the uncrossing that's okay and um, I mean, I have a ton of them, but I tell everybody these are Ria's design. This is Ria's thing. I'll teach you how to do, and I teach the candle magic the way that you taught me in my basement. This is how oh, you wasn't do the that oil. fun? That was so much fun. We so this a- is how you do the oil. This is how you do your intention. This is what you need to do. I don't have the amazing steady hand that you have for your glitter candles. I mean, they're, if you want a candle from Ria, do you still ship? Yeah. So yeah, you can order a candle from Ria. Do what? Ladyria.com is my so, website. Yep. So you go to ladyria.com. You can order a candle from her. She makes them with glitter and they are, they're powerful. They're beautiful. And I had some really difficult situations in my life happen with the death of my best friend where we were not speaking. And, you know, Ria understood the entire situation and created this beautiful uncrossing candle for me to be able to release all of the anger and the things that I had about that situation and literally changed my life. And I was able to let go of the anger and I don't even block the person who participated in that situation because we actually have a lot of shared friends on Facebook, Mm -hmm. but they're not you know, they're not at the forefront in my life. I very rarely see their name. Very rarely do we cross paths. And when I do, I just say, I forgive you and let it go. Because why? 
What's it going to do? It's not going to change anything. Yeah. It's how we change what we do that makes changes in our life. Absolutely. And so yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not Lady Rhea, but I do hold intention for these candles and I do sell them so that you can, I will burn them here for you, but they're from her designs. And I always, this is Lady Rhea's design. This is hers. And the artist, the incredible artist, Monique, who um, sits with me patiently because I tell her, okay, this is the seal we're going to do. And this is what I want. So she actually has a, a computer with a pen and she touches the, the color and says, okay, is this the color you want? Is this the effect you want? And the uncrossing is actually, I told her I wanted stained glass. So okay. when she was in Madrid, she took photographs of the Holy Family Church stained glass. It's 500 years old. So that stained glass in that photograph is from the Holy Family Church in Madrid. That's 500 years of prayers that is vibrating through the uncrossing symbol when it burns. I love that. All the candles like the Santa Muerte, if you look closely at it, you'll see it's all made up of marigolds. That's her sacred flower. During Day of the Dead, marigolds are all over Mexico. Look closely. That sigil of Santa Muerte is actually over patterns of marigolds. And in the center, they're yellow marigolds to show the fire of her. Yeah, you uh, can see them. The Lakshmi is uh, all from, all the seals, all of them are from nature. I take pictures of flowers. We use colors from the flowers. See, Lakshmi actually has petals behind the sigil of her, the shrine. They're actually, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're, those are, um, you know, coxcomb, the flower coxcomb, it's, it's these ruffled magenta colored feathers, flowers, they look like feathers, that's that. And the elephants are colored by a rainbow scarf that I've been wearing for 25 years every time I do Lakshmi mantra. I love that. Yeah, so everything has some symbolism of nature so that when the candle is burning, it's not just an image, but the light is actually shining through colors from nature, from uh, sacred holy objects. Um, and she's very, very patient with me to sit there and, and do this. Um, but, you know, coming back to you, Shelly, I have to say that I'm so proud of how you've developed because when I met Shelly, her foot just stepped onto the path of where she is now. Yeah. And in her basement, I encouraged her to do what she's doing today. And it took years to finish saying, okay, I can uh, step out of my real job now and step into this. So she took the right steps. And that's the thing about magic too. When we create magic, we have to realize it's like an onion. It has many layers. And the, once you set something in motion, it tends to stay in motion. So once you put energy out there, it keeps growing. The more you feed to that energy, the more it grows. So don't expect like TV. This isn't, you know, charmed. All right. This is, <laughs> this is real magic. And if you really want to study the, the principles of magic, you should study um, hermetic teachings, which teaches you about 
how to how to how to operate, how to work, how to think, the principle of vibration, the principle of cause and effect, the principle of, of wisdom. The lips of wisdom are sealed, except to the ears of understanding. Meaning, I'm not going to speak to someone that isn't going to understand me. I'm not going to waste my time. Right. So you have to open up and listen to what you, and 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 digest what you're hearing. But in the Kabbalion, it's all about the principles of cause and effect, vibration. Uh, the law of attraction. We all talk about the law of attraction, but you know, the subconscious mind isn't going to buy a lie. And this is where the astral plane resides. It's is it, in subconscious mind is attached, and the conscious mind. But the subconscious mind is really where the astral plane lives. So if you walk around saying, "I have money in the bank," "I have money in the bank," positive thinking, positive thinking. The subconscious mind knows it's not there. So it's looking at you like, hello, stupid. You don't know how to ask. I need money. I need to pay my bills. Thank you. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Uh, the girl who wrote the um, secret also wrote a book called The Magic. And the magic is all about developing gratitude and when i read it i said oh my god this is so buddhist because the buddhists believe even while we're walking we should be praying or thanking okay so she even says while you're walking thank be thankful for your feet mm -hmm. be thankful for your journey yeah when i sit down to eat dinner we do the Wiccan prayer, you know, bless this food into our bodies, bestowing health, wealth, love, joy, success, and peace. And at the end, which wasn't part of that prayer, I've always included, and thank you for giving your life to sustain mine. Yes. Thank you, broccoli. Thank you, eggs. Thank yes. you, chicken. Thank you, beans. Thank you, beef. Thank you, pork. Because all of these things, including broccoli, vegetables, I mean, like, just because they can't run away from us doesn't mean they're not ending their life to sustain ours. Right. And There's a consciousness that has to deal with that. There's a life force flowing through it, which is why it's alive and why we know when we cut it from its stalk, it now ceases to exist. It's not living anymore. So it gave it's it still, life to sustain. Right. It's still alive, but not in the sense that it's going to grow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I have gratitude for my food. I have gratitude for this moment. Um, I even have gratitude for the person that interrupted us because, you know, they needed me. And I got to have gratitude for that. Yeah. Because if clients stop needing me, guess what? I'd be broke. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I totally understand that. It's, so, um, you know, stepping into gratitude is a big deal. So even on the day, like on the days when I have no appointments booked, I can get freaked out about that. Right. But instead I sit back and I go, thank you, spirit, for fully booking out my schedule. Thank you, spirit, for fully, you know, selling out my classes because I'm not getting into that lack mindset. I refuse. That's exactly. That's the law of attraction. Ooh, I love you. I love you. That's my woman. I'm so proud of you. So you taught me well. And 
I'm happy because you decided to share. I do a lot of, like I said, I'm doing a lot of live stream. I'm doing free classes to give back to the community. Very important, giving back. Because in giving back, I receive. Yes. Random acts of kindness in giving, I receive. I receive great joy. And at this age in life, I'm like, the shop I'm doing in EV Florist on East 10th Street, who is a magnificent um, curandero from Mexico, and he has magnificent flower shop plants, knows how to take care of plants. Um, he gives me this space because I, I had my friend Monique, who does the candle designs, lived on 9th Street, and she told me about a shop on 10th. And I said, you know what? Bring in these two candles and tell them, put them up on consignment and see how he likes them. So he looked at them and he said, well, all right. I, I never seen these before, but uh, you tell me she's from here. And she said, oh, yeah, she, <laughs> these candles are known down here. So he puts them in. Two, three weeks go by before she goes back. And he said, where have you been? I couldn't find your number. Well, everybody wants these candles. And so the process started. Absolutely. And at this stage, I'm doing free events once a month in his place and a free event once a month at the immigrant. The only difference is with the immigrant, because it is a wine, uh, wine bar, I charge $10 to get in at the door. You get a free glass of wine, which is way more than $10. Uh, he gives you any wine you want, $15 glass of wine. He gives it to you. Jason's really wonderful. And then throughout the event, as you buy drinks, he still charges you that flat rate of $10. Um, I do a free class. Um, I sell candles because that supports my transportation back and forth. Remember what I said? Uber is very expensive. <laughs> So I have to cover the ability to do it. I don't have um, a diocese behind me saying, right. well, yes, you know, Bishop Rhea, go, go do your talk in the big cathedral. You know, I have to right. support these free talks. And I'm grateful that my work is respected and loved and that I can give these free talks. I'm grateful for the ears that listen to these free talks because I'm doing them literally for the universe, for the sake of peace, for the sake of harmony, for the sake of we're broke and people can't afford to keep paying these outrageous prices. For yes. But again, look at the teacher that doesn't have candles, oils and incense and product to sell. We have to support them too. So I'm not saying that all these teachers should be giving this out for free because they can't. So support your teachers that are charging a decent price, decent for their classes and their knowledge, because believe me, you have no idea how much it costs to get the training to be able to come to this point in life. A lot. I can vouch for that. Right. So respect that too. Respect your teachers, uh, respect their fair price. You know, um, I forget where I read it, but they talk about, oh, medicine cards. Um, and they say, uh, if you go to a shaman for a reading, you bring them either tobacco or a blanket, 
He said, and, it's, and they say, and it's the same way that when you go to a gypsy, you pay her. So paying for your services, uh, don't look at us like we're priests getting support that you should get this all for free. Right. That's not possible. All right. Calling up looking for free readings. That's like asking me, uh, uh, by the way, since you're a secretary, uh, could you type this letter up for me for free? Because you know how to do it. Right. Because we know how to read. Um, don't walk around saying, oh, well, it's a, it's a gift from God. So therefore, you should be doing it for free. Well, I can't eat free. But where I can give for free, I find a way. Where I can give back, I find a way. Where I can do random acts of kindness, I find a way. So that also brings peace and harmony as a whole to the planet. And it's like monkey see, monkey do. Yes. Okay. The more we do good, the more it starts repeating itself out there. It's a vibration. Like, look at when we look at uh, an illustration of vibration, it's a little tiny dot and it's spreading out like dropping a pebble in a lake and it creates ripples. Vibration. The more we drop those pebbles, the more the vibration spreads out there. Yeah. So that's what I advise people to do is find ways of creating peace. There are countless untold ways of creating peace as we are all individuals. So each person has their own way of creating that individuality of peace. Right? Yes, ma'am. Uh, Sherry just asked, I have her book on candles. What other books do you recommend? So I'm typing in the Enchanted Formulary, which, I mean, I have a particular love for that one. <laughs> and um, she can look up um, Alexander Cabot's book. Um, oh, God, why? I hate age. Names fly out of my head. It, it, it's titled um, Journey with the Goddess or something like that. Um, but his, it's an actual um, biography of his journey in the craft and with the gods and the many uh, factors he started out in uh, Palo Mayombe. So, you know, uh, it's a fascinating read. It's available. You and Alexander's a wonderful man. Very sweet man. We call ourselves Sonny and Cher when we do shows together. You do, I know. I love it. I love watching the two of you together. It makes me laugh. Oh yeah, we, 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 and uh, very similar mind. Yeah, so we, we have a lot uh, together. Um, yeah, you know, and other than that, there, there, there's a lot of great books out there. I have to confess, um, at this stage in life, I really don't buy books. I don't need them. You know, I have my antique collection from years ago. And, you know, I just keep learning because I'm always in stores. I'm always learning something new. I'm always venturing out there. But... I'm sure Shelly can recommend also uh, a lot of good books and um, listen to other good teachers. There's um, a lot of good teachers. There's the Cabot series, Lori Cabot series. Well, and do your research on your teacher. Don't exactly. just don't just go, oh, this person seems to be good. Do your research. Find out what their education is, what their background is. Because somebody who wants to look at you and say, oh, this is just something I've been doing for 10 years. Okay, but why? Where did? How did you get there? 
you want to know what their background is so you're not just taking something because there's a lot of misinformation about spirituality and witchcraft and there's a lot oh, of misinformation yeah. out there yeah there is and youtube has tara has bumpo has wicca i mean like institutions in buddhism are, are, are thousands of years old so those you can basically um trust classes on conjure and things like that like take everything even me take everything with a grain of salt i mean like you know nothing is perfect none of us have really perfected this but there's a lot of good teachers out there and i i of course always will re recommend um what the fuck <laughs> spirit listen to all her podcasts she will never mislead you she will only bring the light into the shadow uh, of of the corners of these worlds because um, when I met her, she was already um, magnificently uh, trained, in tune, already uh, knew what she was doing. But this was the last part of her journey was to yeah. put her foot out there to start saying, okay, I've collected all of this knowledge and now I wanna bring it out to the world. And this is where I helped her put her feet on that path. And you made me believe you made me believe. And, and you're doing it. And I, and I have to tell you for the world's sake and for everyone watching, I am very grateful that I was the person that do that for you because it's an honor. You're oh, fabulous. You make me cry, mama. No, you are fabulous. And anyone who could tackle the enchanted formulary. <laughs> Yeah, but working with you is easy. Typesetting uh, a cookbook is very hard because the if you don't know what you're doing, the title for La Flamme Oil will be on page 191, yeah. and the recipe will show up on page 192. And trying to match them in, if anyone's ever done any kind of typesetting or uh, is trying to center a page, you can't imagine when you get this book, what a piece of work this was that Shelly undertook because I had four or five people all try to typeset it and everyone was pulling their hair out, wanted to shoot me. And Alexander would come while I was still working on it because I was expanding it from, the original publication was the yeah. Enchanted Formulary by Kensington Press. And I said to him, well, a lot of oils got cut out of it because when I started giving them the rest of the recipes, they said to me, whoa, whoa, this is too much. So the crystal collection, the tarot collection, uh, or, or the, 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 the um, sabbats, uh, all of that got cut out and I wanted to put back in. So he would say to me, did you finish? But they're on index cards. So I had to type this up. Yeah. He would, he would come to see me and he'd say, surprise, I'm coming to see how you're doing on the book. And my hands went up like this. I said, I'm working on it. And when my daughter seen the video, she says, oh, I know those hands. You wanted to kill him. He, he didn't realize you really wanted it. didn't kill him uh, because he was nagging me and nagging me. And God has blessed that nagging because if he didn't nag me, it wouldn't be done. If he didn't go out and find all these different people to work on it, it wouldn't be done. If Shelly 
and uh, the Ohio uh, Pagan Council didn't bring Alexander and I out there, it wouldn't be done. So I'm also thankful to them. Uh, Zachary Crane, who found me, brought me out there. I thank you very much uh, because I wouldn't have met Shelly and we wouldn't have had the brilliant moment to say, oh, you know how to do this? <laughs> and she so innocently said, sure. And I'm like, oh my God, this woman's going to hate me. It was one of those moments where I was super glad that my background in IT and publishing for 30 years was really helpful into my metaphysical life. Oh my God. And now that's where it's going to be helpful because I'm getting message from spirit. You're writing a book. And, it, and you'll be able to publish it. On, are they telling you on what? Because this is, I've, I've been hearing this for like three years. Yes, but we'll talk about that. Yes, ma'am. All right. I'll leave it as a surprise. Woo! Lucky me. Well, I do have some other good news in um, this early summer. I am being published in France. The Enchanted Candle Book will be called The Grand Book of Candle Magic, and it will be coming out. Woo! In Brazil, I'm being translated both books into Portuguese. I love it. Day, and they will be available in Portuguese. And now I'm going to put this out there. If anybody knows how to translate in Spanish for real, please think of me. My book would be so great in Spanish and I can't find anybody who wants to take it on. So I'm putting it out to the universe. It next needs to come out in Spanish so that all my Spanish speaking friends could really enjoy it. I would love that. That would be awesome yeah. to watch that happen. Yes. So and if, will. Anybody, if anybody wants to support Rhea and find how they can reach her, because we're like half an hour over, but I couldn't stop talking to you. Well, we got interrupted a lot. It's all right. Um, and I apologize for the overtime. Oh, please don't apologize. It's my show. We do this my way. <laughs> oh, you're a doll to me. Thank you so much. So you can go to ladyriainc.com. And you can look her up there. You can support her by buying her books that we've talked about, The Enchanted Candle, The Enchanted Formulary. You can also buy her candles that she is amazing at making. And, um, you know, obviously a shameless little plug. If you want to support her in a smaller way, you can use the intention candles that I have on my website because obviously I have to buy those from her. So that helps support her as well. And I oh. love supporting you and I love sharing the magic. Doesn't matter where they get it from. It's sharing the magic. That's what's important. I that agree. supports the universe. I agree. Sharing oh. good fortune. Thank you so much, Mama, for being on. Mm -hmm. I, just, mwah, I love you please, so much. Please, please, please have me back. I will. Of course I will. I want to share more with everyone there and with you, my beautiful darling daughter of the craft sister of the art she is one of my coven members i um, am minoan sister and um we love her to death and she went all the way to salem <laughs> i did <laughs> i was going to salem and doing the initiations in the minoan sisterhood and she said i'm coming mama i'm on the way and i got to initiate her in salem with, yep, uh, it was an amazing night amazing night, night. Amazing. It will always be. And there's a beautiful portrait of us in our blue gowns holding a rose. There is. Yes. yes. And if you go to Salem, do drop in and see um, 
pentagram shop they oh are, yes they are fellow coven members well, i'm uh, glad you plugged them didn't they just open a second one too and they did they opened up the zodiac tea room in beverly they are these witches have revved up their brooms they Child, are amazing they are flying. i love you tim and leanne they are beautiful people they, they are, are genuine they are and then of course visit david and maria's shop um uh in salem also i i'm sorry i'm having forgetful moments because i'm i'm, I'm overwhelmed but they are beautiful um hermetic the hermetic shop they're beautiful people genuine there's a lot of great shops in salem enjoy yourself uh when you come to new york city visit the immigrant visit ev florist Visit Flower Power. They're great herb shop, very old in, in the East Village. Um, visit Vinyl and, and, you know, feel the old vibe of the magical child. And uh, contact, visit when I'm going to be at the Immigrant or EV Florist. These events are always free. And you can touch up with her on her Instagram page, Lady Rhea Enchanted. Yes? Yes, please. Perfect. Visit you. And you can always text my phone number. That's why everybody interrupts me while I'm talking. Yeah. <laughs> I've oh, heard away you. no one. Thank you. I so love you, Shelly. Blessed be. I can't wait till I can one day again visit, or maybe I'll have a better surprise. You come to New York. I would love that. I actually you would come love visit that. visit Mama. You stay at my house. I would love to do that. And my come wife always welcomes you. With you and Lori at the immigrant, that would be amazing. And here at home. Yes, right. come visit. The sisters love you. Blessed be. And thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one, everybody. You too, honey. Bye-bye.